Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to episode 92 of Two Drunk Brothers in a Podcast. We have wrapped up, I believe, week four of college, week three of the NFL season. Um, and in my humble opinion, week three was much better than week two. It kind of reminded me of some, some... I don't know. For me, it was kind of the same, honestly, in my eyes. Like no, Nothing has beat week one in terms of excitability factor. Um, the the officiating definitely did not get any better. It's got two. It's gotten progressively worse every single week. Yeah. Like I think so week, it's one, gotten, week one was great. Yeah. Week two was awful. Week three was horrendous. Um, especially me and Jarrett might just be the one game that we saw. And the one game that we thought the penalty stood out the most was in the Rams bills game where I don't know who the defender was, got that pass interference call on is either third or fourth down and goal at the very end of the game, and it was just a bad call. Yeah, I bad mean, the Bills ruined the game. The Bills might have, might have been in field goal range, but still even then, like, they kick a field goal, and the Rams get the ball back, and they're only down that six. the very end when they were up four. Okay, yeah. You're right, you're right. So, I mean, it's – uh, it was – that was that – that's what I had on there. Like, that was bad. Um, but for me, like, there's a span of, like – five to ten minutes at the end of those early games at the end of the noon games where like you and i were like at halftime field goal left and right hardly any touch i'm like this is fucking boring and then second half kind of started turning up a bit and then i went from i told travis this i track all my bets on the action network and i also do some stuff that i don't do in the podcast at one point in time in like a five ten minute span i went from what was it travis up sixty dollars like the action network tells you like if you're going to win or like it projects, I was projected to win $60 at, after the noon slate to down like 30 or 40 in like five, 10 minutes. Yeah. It was like a hundred dollars swing in five, 10 minutes, which I mean, you might not think is a lot, but in terms of how many games we had out of the time, like a lot has to go wrong for that to, to sway that much. Um, one call going just kind of in a different direction, went back to officiating the one call that I thought Honestly, changing momentum of a game, and you might not think so just based on how the game ended up. Uh, I think it was either the second or the third drive the Ravens had last night, so on Monday night. Uh, very first play of the drive, Nick Boyle gets called for that tripping call, brings it back to uh, first and, or second and 20, and really just halted the drive. They punted away. Chiefs score, Chiefs score, and score. And I think that kind of just – stopped momentum for the Ravens with not having people in the, in the stands. Yeah. I don't know. Considering I mean, the tripping call was not a tripping call. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't, but that's kind of what I'm saying. Yeah, it wasn't, but that call did no, by no way lost the Ravens the game. The Ravens lost and the game. It just, I mean, you score there though. It alters the game. What I'm saying is 
penalties like that, like the 10 yard penalties that and holding, they are drive killers. And you're main, you're basically not going to, you're punting the ball away at that point. Yeah. I think I've seen the holding calls. I don't have the numbers, but I would love to look it up. And if someone has them, like let us know, but I feel like the holding calls, like that was something I loved about week one was, you know, there wasn't a lot of holding calls, like, like especially ticky tack ones that are away from the ball, have nothing to do with the play. blocks in the back that are away from the ball, have nothing to do with the play. Like, I, just leave those alone or like when you whenever if you do throw the flag like they always confer like if you guys confer like yeah it was way on this side of the field that had nothing to do with the playoffs pick it up because that shit just ruins the game drive killers ruins the excitement um so their officiating has gotten worse i thought it was a little bit more exciting than week two but we talked about the the refs choke job at the end of the rams bills game i had that on there um the next big one obviously you guys all know who the bill o'brien award this week's going to I mean, two weeks in a row. I mean, it's got to go to Dan Quinn again. When, when, when does he get fired? Like when? I honestly like if he doesn't get fired after those two weeks, like unless he has an utter meltdown every single week, I don't think it happens this year. I, I mean, maybe the Falcons. Dan Quinn's been with them for quite some time. I have to imagine for as long as I can remember. So maybe it's kind of more of like a respect thing at this point. Like, hey, we don't want to go to an interim coach we're just going to let you ride out the season and let you go after that. I don't know, man. I mean, as an Atlanta Falcons fan, it's got to be so frustrating because they have a talented team this year. They have a very talented offense. First of all, defense, offense. you yeah, can stop there. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, you look at Seattle, they, they have the worst defense in the league, but they're three, and zero, and people are talking about them as, as Super Bowl contenders, but Atlanta is the exact same way. Like their defense is meh tack. They then losing tack McKinley. I don't know if he was back last week was was kind of big but they have the weapons they have ridley they have jones they got hayden Hurst. they got matt ryan they got todd Gurley. like they have a talented offense they should not be losing these games and like i think like the play calling when they when they go up is playing not to lose rather than to win and that's that's the, that's a mistake yeah i mean i know you don't want to i don't usually rely a lot in quarterbacks and i talk about the weapons around them but Matt Ryan compared to Russell Wilson at this point in their careers, that's kind of tough to compete with. Like Russell Wilson's a playmaker. Matt Ryan is more of a game manager that can make some big plays. Yeah. I mean, he's also right getting now. up there. He's up there. He's, I mean, for now, that's how he's going to be. He's getting up there in age. Um, so right. I, I mean, Dan Quinn, we've had the Bill O'Brien award for three weeks now to, for this new 2020 NFL season. And he's won it back to back weeks. Let's hope he doesn't win it for the 30, but he definitely deserves <laughs> yeah. it. I mean, Jesus. No, I understand, yeah, bad. I understand Nick Foles comes in and it's a different quarterback, but when you're up that big on a not that great Chicago Bears team, you need to I – mean, Just the plays. Like when you were looking at that, when they put Nick Foles in, it was 26 to 10. Jared's lock of the week was Falcons minus four. I looked over at Jared and he's like, oh, no. this like it's Surely it's fine. I was like, dude, no. I just have a bad feeling that they're going to I didn't it. say it was fine. I was worried when he came in. You were worried, worried, but I was like, no, I have a bad feeling. It's com- They're coming back. They just well, I mean, didn't. I was hesitant. like that and the defense that Chicago has, the yeah. defense that Atlanta has, and then you compare it to the defense Chicago has, Nick Foles coming in just changes the game completely. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't great. I was obviously way nervous from the, from the jump. So, but Talking about the Bears kind of leads into my next point. Are the Bears and you can probably I think you can lump the Titans in, in this category. Are those the two worst three and teams you've ever seen? I wouldn't say that I 
ever seen, definitely not. Bears, possibly. Titans, I wouldn't lump the Titans in there. I would say of the two imposters in the league for me are the Bears and the Steelers. I don't think the Steelers are imposters. The Steelers have beaten all winless teams. Fair enough, but they also – the Denver the probably Texans, would. The Broncos and the Giants are zero and nine combined. Okay, the Texans are way better than their record. Kind of, they've had a very tough schedule to start the year. They played Kansas City and then they played Seattle. Who did they play week two? Can't remember off the top of my head. But then they played Pittsburgh this week, so they're a lot better than what the record indicates. Denver is probably, I think, probably one. They they definitely wouldn't be winless if Drew Lock if Drew Lock. Doesn't get yeah, hurt. but they played them without Drew Locke and still almost lost that game. I don't think Pittsburgh – no way. Titans are way worse than, than Pittsburgh. Um, they beat so – I'm looking at the, the quality of competition. You play the Giants, Broncos, and Texans, and they haven't had a convincing win in any of those games. Bro, the fucking – the Titans beat Denver barely, and then they beat Jacksonville by a field goal, which Miami just stomped a mud hole in their ass – and then they beat Minnesota by one point. They won by two, three, and one point. Minnesota's on three. I still, have to say, I still have to say the Steelers. I'm sorry. No, the Titans are way worse than the Steelers. It's well, that's your own opinion. I said the I said Bears and Steelers. You say Bears and Titans. I mean Bears Too are bad. Definitely... We might not see what that game looks like this weekend. Yeah, I know it sucks. But uh, either way, there's a few teams that should probably not be three and zero. You could go as far as saying Bears, Titans, and Steelers should all not be 3-0 teams. Maybe um, maybe in Seattle. Or teams that get exposed fairly soon, like the Ravens did on Monday night. Yeah. Speaking of the Ravens on Monday night, Lamar Jackson, uh, the dude can't win a big game. Cannot. Zero clutch factor, zero superstar factor. Uh, The dude that completes 97 has 97 passing yards to a team that just let up 311 passing yards to Justin Herbert and his yeah. first game in the NFL. I mean, it's uh, now I get, I mean, the chargers always play the chiefs tough, but the, if you have a under a hundred passing yards to a secondary outside of Tyron Matthew, that's a little suspect. They're also missing Brashad Breland. They don't have probably yeah, possibly- they have the, the rookie in Jadarius Sneed or whatever his name yeah. is. Uh, and he, and he, made, he made some bad plays on Monday night that got some penalties and stuff. But Lamar Jackson, like, okay, yes, everyone – like, also Mark Andrews played a fucking very bad game on, on last night too. Yeah, I mean, his, his receivers didn't help him out. They had some drops. But at the same time, the decision-making of Lamar Jackson was horrible. He was dropping back in collapsed pockets, getting sacked. Uh, the throws – like, he made some throws where receivers dropped the ball. He also made some very makeable throws – where the receivers were wide open that just were not there. Yeah. So Lamar Jackson, and I literally had the salt list. And I was going to tweet it out, but I decided to say it to save it for the podcast. Lamar Jackson was playing quarterback last night. Like I played quarterback in Madden. I never step up in the pocket. I immediately look to either roll out left or right to, to, to get out, get, get outside the tackles. And there's numerous times last night when Lamar Jackson, instead of waiting in the pocket or stepping up in the pocket, like a true quarterback to, to throw the football, he immediately, Dropped. He first of all did like a six, seven, six or seven step drop, and then looked to either go left or right whenever the end was shooting up field. And at the end of the game, Kansas City figured out they they were containing their two ends were were containing, and Lamar Jackson couldn't go anywhere. Yeah, there was one point uh, in 
the game. I mean, obviously, I don't, can't remember when. I think it was in the third or fourth quarter. But one of the announcers were like, yeah, he dropped back, immediately looked down at the line, never looked downfield, never looked to pass, immediately started worrying about the line, which, I mean, if you're doing that, at that point, your only option is to scramble out of the pocket and run because you're not looking at any receivers. So however many times he was doing that during the game, I don't know. He looked horrible. The Ravens, not to mention the Ravens' defense, did not help him out at all. They were playing no. soft coverage, eight, nine yards off the ball, uh, letting Patrick Mahomes complete whatever he wanted to. Yeah, think- and, and, and I just got to say something, because I saw a few tweets last night. Everyone, I, praising I, hope, I hope you're saying what I'm wanting to say. Everyone's praising Pat Mahomes, which he had some, he had some amazing throws. This is all Andy Reid. He, de- he designed Andy he designed, and the weapons around Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, Andy Reid designed all that Sherman touchdown and that touchdown to Eric Fisher. That was two of Patrick Mahomes' th- five touchdowns that were a hundred percent on Andy Reid's creative play design. Not only just the touchdowns, but I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying Patrick Mahomes isn't a good quarterback. He is. He makes some good plays, but I am willing to say sixty to seventy percent of the plays he makes are less on based on his skill, more on the talented players and the play calling around him. Like you looked at, I would say, honestly, 75% of his throws last night, every single one of them was wide open. Yeah. And like honestly, nobody around who, who should get the MVP more than that for Kansas city. Shout out to that front office for figuring out ways to keep the, the they've, they've signed Chris Jones. They've signed Pat Mahomes. They extended Kelsey. I believe Hill got a small extension last year. So they're figuring out ways to create team friendly deals. Now three or four years on the line, they're going to be fucked. But right now, they know they have the weapons to win, and they're figuring it out to do it. So Yeah, it just blew my mind. Ravens couldn't make any adjustment. I mean, when you have Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins, Travis Kelsey, you can't play off the ball like that. You definitely can't be wide open in the middle of the field with nobody around. Yeah, Mark, look at, looking at you, Marcus Peters, playing fucking 12, 12 yards off the ball on Tyreek and Nicole, and then they put him on Sammy Watkins, and he started toasting his ass. So – it was I mean, bad. I'm I just watching that game. I'm glad you had the same thought process as me. I'm just over people comparing Patrick Mahomes to Russell Wilson. Cause when you look at what Russell Wilson has, you look at what Patrick Mahomes has, it's like night and day. And they're not the same quarterback. Patrick Mahomes is a few inches taller. Um, it's just, they're, they're like, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't, I don't agree with that comparison. It's not, it's not comparable. Let's just enjoy the greatness while, while they're doing it now. We can debate about great uh, greatness later. So, um, with that being said, Lamar Jackson shriveled. He was a true running back in the Monday night game last night. Um, we want to do two things. Um, I just realized I only did bottom three, but we want to do top five and worst five. I can come up with my I, – I even wrote this script, so I don't know how I fucked it up. But we're going to do the top five and the bottom five teams after three weeks. So, Travis, let's start with the bottom five. Worst team in the NFL. Yeah. I, feel like, I feel like it's an easy one. Feel like it's easy. The worst team in the NFL. Jets. Yes, the Jets. Fifty-seven point differential. I mean, it's negative fifty-seven point point differential. It's it's bad. It's bad. Yeah. I mean, there's no doubt about it. People (laughs) saying Sam Darnold can make plays, like the dude's terrible. Uh, Second, I it's New York Giants. Yep. The two New York teams for me too. Yeah. They have a negative forty-one point differential, and honestly, this team probably looks a lot different with Saquon, but that's just not the case this year. So. Yeah. Um, and I don't, I, it's hard to just keep going winless teams. Uh, but just based on like, I'm going not cause like you could say the Broncos they are 0 and three, they have pretty bad point differential, but given the 
circumstance they're in, they had the talent. They just had some pretty bad luck uh, with how things are going. So you got the Jets. We got the Giants. Who's your third? My third worst team is going to be the Eagles. It's hard not to include them. I mean, that division, the Washington football team's leading that division at one and two. Which how? But why, though? Because the Cowboys and Washington played. It doesn't matter. When they play, it'll all get resolved, I promise. Um, Because Dallas is going to run away with it. Because Washington's one and one in the conference, and Dallas is one and two. Ah, you're right. You're right. So mine's, mine's, um, mine's the Eagles here. And I was torn between the Eagles and the Vikings, which the Vikings are going to get my four spot. But I gave it to the Eagles in the three spot because of the Cincinnati game, a game they should have won, and they fucking tied. So yeah, I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give the rest of my three. I'll include the Eagles, and I'm gonna include the Vikings, and I'm also um, unfortunately going to include the Houston Texans. Okay, I just okay. can't like their defense. They let up so many points. They're, they have a negative 38 point differential, which I think is like. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. When Shopify says you can sell anywhere, oh, they mean it. Hold up. Just got a new sale, order fulfilled, and shipped. Inventory level's good. Whoa, Shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level. Or on top of the world. Uh, You can run and grow your business anywhere. Climbing mountains is never easy, but at least Shopify gives me all the tools I need for my business to hit new beats. Whether you're selling carabiners or crop tops, start selling with Shopify today and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. We've built the platform so you can keep climbing and grow your business to new heights. With Shopify, you really can sell to anyone from anywhere. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors. It's either second or third worst in the league. It's third. Uh, I mean, you just get embarrassed in every game. Can't, and they, they've had a really tough time putting up a lot of points to win with the defense they have. Yeah. My Granted, team. they have played the Chiefs, Ravens, and Steelers, so they That's, could turn that around. But right now, like Deshaun Watson just does not look like the type of quarterback that uh, we thought he was. He started to show some glimpse, glimpses last week, which is why I didn't have them in my bottom five. Um, so I got Jets, Giants, Eagles, Vikings. My fifth one is actually going to be the Washington football team. Um, I think they, they've won that one game. They won that first week game against Cincinnati, I mean, against Philadelphia. And since then, they haven't done much of anything. Uh, their, de- their defense, honestly, though, is but looks pretty good. Chase Young went down last week, last week with a groin injury, so losing him is going to be huge. Yeah, it is going to be huge. My, my honorable mention, I thought about throwing this one in there, was the Detroit Lions. That, I, was, I, I, I was looking at the Lions, too. The win last week was a fluke. I'll talk about that later, but they didn't make it. Now, top five teams, on the other hand, uh, it's tough. This one could get interesting. Obviously, I, I got to throw the Chiefs in there. Yep, number uh, one. They just have been 
I didn't think they were going to come out like they did against the Ravens, and they proved me wrong. Yep. So they're number one. We will uh, we, num- we we will eat crow whenever it's time to eat crow. We'll eat crow on that one. Exactly. My number two pick is the Green Bay Packers. I love that. That's my number two pick as well. They are playing. They are playing crazy football right now Dude. on offense. Their defense yeah. needs to step it up. But still, to have as defense as bad as it is and still have a plus thirty-seven point differential is insane. I believe yeah. that is second only to Indy. Second only in Indy. This next team for me is a team that has really stepped it up. It's amazing they're undefeated with the defense they have. Is Seattle Seahawks. Just because of the situations they've been putting in, they've managed to win both of them. That's my three, too. Seattle. That Cowboys and that Patriots game, huge on their record going down the stretch. Now, I will say it was tough between me between three and four because Seattle's defense is suspect at best. And you're basically throwing – for both Green Bay and Seattle, you're basically going out there and telling Aaron Rodgers and Russ Wilson, like, hey – you have to score in every fucking possession. Like, like we won't feel comfortable unless, unless you're scoring. So that's your fourth. Then my fourth is Pittsburgh. I think Pittsburgh has the defense to do it. Um, and that's where the, that's where the separation lies. I know you're a suspect to them, but I think that, I think they have the defense to get it done and they're just going to get better as, as the season kind of goes along. Yeah, they're not going to make it into my top five. They're barely outside, even though they are undefeated. My fourth is going to be the Buffalo Bills. Frauds. Proved me wrong against the Rams. What'd you say? Frauds. Dude, I don't know, man. They proved me wrong against the, the Rams. They blew that lead, thought they were going to blow it and pull total. This is the real Bills, but they came back. Josh Allen looks good. I mean, it looks solid. Yeah, the Bills are not going to be in my top five, so I gave you Pittsburgh at my four. My fifth best team in the league, and as much as it pains me to say it, like this this hurts so bad for me to say it, it's the New England, New England Patriots. Um, I feel like they have they figured out how to work in Cam Newton and offense, and I feel like that's another team where their defense is only going to get better as the year goes along. Um I, I don't know, man. You can't, can't ever doubt Bill Belichick. I thought that Cam Newton wasn't going to work there, but it clearly is. My fifth team is going to be the Indianapolis Colts. I love that one. That was almost they close. They have enough. the best uh, point differential in the league at plus 39. They lost to the Jags week one, but then again, it's week one. Phil Rivers' new offense. Um, this week, they play the Bears. I think they are going to show what frauds the Bears are and uh, only keep winning from there because right now their division isn't looking too tough. No, it's not. And, like, I love that pick. I think the Colts are going to roll it, run away with that division. I think Tennessee will finally get exposed. I think we're starting to see – I know he was your big pick last week for fantasy. But we're starting to see who Ryan Tannehill actually is as of last week. Hey, we could – could possibly be it. Um, for my sake, I picked him up fantasy. Hope he at least does average. But, yeah, I totally feel you there. So there's our top five uh, teams just after week three. NFL season's kind of going a bunch of different ways right now. Week four, I feel like, is going to really be the defining week of who teams really are and kind of come back to their original state or keep shining in the light, whichever mm. one. Yeah. Uh, but last week, again, going off that, week three sucked uh, for gambling as well. Jarrett finished the week down 
that's even worse yeah. uh, units. And then I finished the week down 2.93. So bad week overall. The Monday night game, we really had a chance to turn it around and kind of make it, make ourselves weak. And then the Ravens fucked us up. Yeah, man. I mean, just right now I'm on, I'm on a cold spell, even, even outside of football the last two days, I'll, I'll have lost, you know, almost $70. I know it's in a lot to a lot of people, but you know, you bet small like me, um, just, I'm on a cold streak. So hopefully I'm able to able to turn around. But I even said last week before I, we rattled off our picks. I was like, I hate this card. I hate this weekend. I feel a little bit better about this weekend. So we'll get to that into, into generous digest, but we're going to roll through these, these next few things real quick. What they have on, on, we just want to talk about football because it's all the way back. Obviously the sec came back last weekend, college football is all the way back. Um, big tens come back October, October 24th. And the PAC 12 is coming back the first week of November playing a seven game slate. So come October, early November, we're going to have a full weekend of college football, which is amazing. Um, what were your biggest surprises from, from the weekend of college football. I have, I have a few, but I'll let you go first. Just this past weekend or in general? Just Yeah, just this past weekend. Uh, I mean, shit. If we're just talking about in general, I mean, I would say Mississippi State. Yes. Being as good as they were. Um, I, I totally expected, like, I was not on the LSU train. They lost so much talent. I said this, I don't know if I said it on the podcast or just to my friends and people, but LSU lost so much talent to be ranked sixth in the country is a little bit ridiculous. Mississippi state though, on the other hand, uh, KJ Costello. Yes. And 623 yards and five touchdowns against LSU's defense. That's impressive in its own. Yeah, definitely an early Heisman candidate right there. So mm-hmm. that was, that was one of mine. LSU lost a lot of talent. Mississippi state look impressive. It's, it's going to be interesting to see what Mike Leach can do. Mike Leach can do Mississippi state because he always coached in Washington state and, I mean, how many fucking recruits want to go to Washington State? Nobody. But he always had a always had a competitive team. Now he's got an SEC program. It's gonna be very very interesting to see what he can, what he can do down there. My big one. I mean, it's not really a surprise, but Oklahoma ranked the top five team in the country. Lost to Kansas State. Can we just stop ranking them in the top five to begin the year every fucking year? Or do they lose on purpose so they can get it out of the way and everyone forgets about it by the end of the year? Dude, I mean, I think I think it's just Kansas State. They did the same shit last year. Yeah, like Kansas State just has their number. Don't know what it is. Uh, I'll talk about Oklahoma a little bit later because I like their game this weekend. But, yeah, that was a big game for K-State after uh, losing week one. Yeah, I mean, that was, that was insane. Arkansas State. <laughs> yeah. Do you, have, do, do you have any other big, big surprises? Uh, big surprise for me would be – a and M and Vanderbilt, dude, on its own. right? A and M was a little let down, or was Vanderbilt? Is Vanderbilt becoming solid? A seventeen to twelve game versus the tenth ranked uh, Aggies. I mean, Vanderbilt looked solid. They held Kellen Mond only one hundred eighty nine yards in a touchdown while they that let kid, that kid stinks. By the way, they let their running back run all over him. But at the same time, it was seventeen to twelve. So can't complain about that. Maybe Vandy could be an upset team this year not to necessarily go far but just to ruin some team seasons we'll see we'll see um how bad a&m actually is this weekend when they play alabama um so i think i do want to say this just on note now byu will be will go far this year i was telling jared about it saturday byu is the real deal their quarterback will go to the nfl he will be solid just coming out on record now 
Zach Wilson. Name? He wears that Jordan headband. He's uh, he's pretty good. Nice. Well, that'd be something to look out for, Travis. Jack Wilson, you said? Zach. Zach Wilson. Is he super-duper white? Is he a white or is he? Yes, he is okay. a super-duper white-looking frat boy. Like, literally, go to ESPN, look him up. He's got a Jordan headband, tie, like one of the tied tennis headbands. I guess, in this picture. I guess he goes to BYU, so he's a Mormon. So, I mean. He's from Utah, so. Yeah, definitely, definitely big Mormon. But um, SEC football, football's all the way back. Um, like I said, Big Big Ten and Pac-12, we're like, eh, you know, maybe we can do this. Now they decided to come back to fucking losers. It doesn't matter. No one from either of those conferences is going to win championship. Maybe Ohio State, but we'll talk about that when it comes back. So lastly, before we roll into the De- Degenerous Digest, we want to give you not a full-blown stardom sit um because I just want to go, go on the record and say, Travis and I's deep dive tight ends last week both scored Ooh. touchdowns. Yeah, so I actually have it right here. Um, our quarterbacks, not so good. No. I said to start Ryan Tannehill, which wasn't great. But I also said sit Matt Ryan. He didn't do good. Jared said sit Kyler Murray, which he scored 18. So not bad. Or to start Kyler Murray. And then he said sit Carson Wentz, who finally had his coming out game. Yeah. Um, but outside of that, our tight ends were good. Jared's wide receivers were on point. He said, sit John Brown had zero points. Um, my wide receivers said, sit Michael Gallup. Dude decides to have a game. Right. So, yeah, and, I mean, and I listened to you. Good. I listened to you, even though I said to start any Cowboys wide receiver and they all went off. You got, yeah, you got the wide receivers right. I got the running backs right while you got them wrong. So we flip flop there. Either way, I mean, we're obviously not going to come out with uh, no, I mean, it's hard. To every believe. single pick being right. Overall, we're around a little over 50% of being, you know, correct picks. So I'll take that. Absolutely. I will too. So, um, which leads us into what we want to talk about this week. We want to talk about, um, you know, we're not, like I said, not a full-blown stardom sit but we're going to give you three players that we absolutely love their matchups this week. So three players that we think have a good matchup and they should absolutely be in your lineup. Um, do you want to kick it off or do you want me to kick it off? Yeah, I'll kick it off, and I'll kick it off with a guy who I, I'm just going to give him the chance until he really absolutely shits the bed because he has yet to do that this year, and it's Devin Singletary. Again, they are playing the Las Vegas Raiders, who are the worst team in the NFL against running backs. Singletary went off for 14 points in a half PPR league last week. He got kind of the full workload because Zach Moss is still nursing his toe injury. If Zagmoss is still nursing it again, which is fairly likely, Devin Singletary will go off. The Raiders' defense is allowing 37 points to opposing teams' running backs. Yeah, and so, Singletary is only being started in 50% of leagues. So Singletary was almost in mine, but I left him out of there because of the Zach Moss thing. I know it's kind of up in the air. It's Tuesday night. When I think recording. even with him, though, letting up yeah. 37 points to running backs – I do like that matchup because Vegas has actually been surprisingly well against opposing quarterbacks. So they're going to have to run the ball to be good. Um, My first one is a guy that Travis and I um, have talked about in the past and he's starting to become more consistent. I think anyway, Devontae Parker for the Miami Dolphins. They play Seattle this weekend. Seattle is the worst team in the league against the pass. Worst team against opposing fantasy wide receivers. They're ranked 32nd. They're lying almost – 500 yards a game. I think almost 400 yards of those are through the air. Um, 
He's only averaging 10 points per game in fantasy this year in a half PPR league, but I can see them finding the end zone this week against a very weak Seattle secondary. So if you have Devontae and you have a really, really deep wide receiving, you know, core in your lineup, maybe throw him in that flex spot, but I think he should be in your lineup this week. Okay. Okay. I don't have him, but I don't mind that. My next one is going to be a guy named Alan Lazard. I'm sure you've all heard on, uh, what was that, Sunday night? Yep. Right? Yeah. Um, This is also saying, though, that the Packers limit Devontae Adams' snap count, which is why Alan Lazard was able to go off last week. If not, this may be a low-tier flex play uh, if Devontae Adams is completely healthy just because they'll reduce some of his targets. But – they're playing the Saints. We all know the Saints this year have just gotten torched on the back end of things by every team they've played. I can't imagine Aaron Rodgers doing any less than what anyone else has done against them. And Alan Lazard, who other than to have like a big sleeper day uh, versus yep. a team considering he's only 50% owned in ESPN fantasy leagues. Yeah, definitely anybody in that Green Bay um, receiving core is going to be good because like you said, Aaron Rodgers is balling out this year. My second matchup I love this week, is Todd Gurley for the Atlanta Falcons playing against Ooh, I like that playing against Green Bay. I think that game we'll talk about it because it is it is a primetime game this week, so I'm not going to show my hand too much. Um, but Todd Gurley, Green Bay surrendering the third most points to opposing fantasy running backs this season, and Gurley finally seems to be the bell cow in that offense. He was in for 51 percent of the running back snaps last week against the Chicago, um, which is a very very stout defense. I think I can see that going up to 60. I think they're just trying to slowly increment or increase his snaps to make sure he's healthy. I can see those snap counts going up to 60, 65% this week um, and him getting getting a lot of uh, kind of big chunk plays. It does make me nervous though, because last week we saw a lot of Brian Hill in the red zone and like just Todd Gurley. I mean, he gets gas tired. I mean, he's been in the league for a few years. He's had his knee issues. Brian Hill got like some big plays last year that, he could have been in the end zone twice, but I mean, if you're sitting girly right now against the Packers, that's what I'm saying. Of... Like, again, same thing. If you have a very deep running back team, put it, throw him in that flex spot. Um, if you are very running back sparse, um, then maybe he, he should be an RB two at best. Um, but yeah, I would definitely have him in your lineup this week just for the huge upside that he has. All right. My last one is a quarterback who I'm starting in starting in a league this week at because I have three QBs and a guy that I was almost about to drop is Matt Stafford. Dude, this dude, this this is my third one too. Is it really? Yep. So Matt Stafford playing New Orleans. Um Mary redeemed a fifty thousand dollar cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun with over eighty casino style games to choose from. You too could win life changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to chumbacasino.com and give them a world. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. 
Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Like I said, New Orleans, I'm so, I was talking about my last pick, Alan Lazard playing the Falcons, not New Orleans, sorry. I, I get both mixed up because their secondaries are so damn bad. Matt Stafford's playing New Orleans, who, if you watched last week, Aaron Rodgers went off against, uh, and Matt Stafford has, you know, just the ability to go off. He scored 17, 19, and 22. So nothing out of the ordinary, but I can see this week being his, uh, his highest week of the year. Absolutely, I agree. Um, New Orleans is allowing an average of 27.1 fantasy points per game to opposing quarterbacks. That's 29th in the league, and they've allowed at least two passing touchdowns every single week. They've allowed three the last two weeks. So Matt Stafford kind of, I think, had his coming out party last week against Arizona. The, the Lions are starting to build some steam. I mean, they got weapons on offense. They got Hawkinson. They got Galladay. They got uh, Marvin Jones. They got Danny Amendola. They have a lot of – way more weapons than Aaron Rodgers has, and Rodgers torched that New Orleans secondary. Well, that's what I'm saying, too, because last week was Galladay's first week back. Now that they have him, he just adds to, you know, his realm of options on offense. Just opens it up like – yeah. Hawkinson was his go-to. Now that they have Galladay, I mean, they're just gonna they're gonna unleash, and it should be a a good game because New Orleans secondary is horrible. It is bad. Which we're gonna talk about that, or I'm gonna talk about that one. I have that one on my slate again, not showing my hand too much. But let's lead into the generous digest again. The normal ten picks, all the prime times, upset, lock. We're gonna get to you on the other side of the break. Hey everyone, as you know, we've been recording with Anchor for about a year now, and honestly, it's the best way to record a podcast. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast because A, it's free, B, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. I'm actually recording this ad from my phone, and they'll distribute your podcast to you for free to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and like 10 other platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership required, and it makes everything so simple. If you want to start a podcast today, go download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. All right, the Generous Digest last week, not so great. This week, we're coming back into it. We're hitting you guys hard, even though I will say myself, these primetime matchups are a tough one. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of how I felt last week, and I just go went into the weekend not feeling great at all. So, So our first matchup is Thursday night game. It is the Broncos at the Jets. The Broncos right now, it's fluctuating because they just announced Brett Rippon as a starting quarterback. Uh, it's, it's a pick em right now. Oh, it is. It, moved, it, moved, it was minus three this morning, went to minus one. Now after they have fully officially announced Brett Rippon uh, publicly, it moved to a pick em. That so doesn't Broncos, change our pick at all. Yeah, Broncos at Jets pick em over under 40 and I'm going Broncos uh, at a pick at minus one, at minus two, minus three, whatever it is. I'm throwing two units on it. I just don't see – you just can't bet the Jets. You can't bet them. You can't. Yeah. Um, this is going to be Gase's uh, game where he gets fired. Apparently, there's a lot of rumors swirling around that if he loses this game, he's gone, which even if he loses or wins, like if he wins, whoop do you fucking do? You beat the Broncos who are starting Brett Rippon, that fucking quarterback, and missing Von Miller. So, I mean, really – uh, I'm also doing the Broncos, like Travis said, whether it's a pick them or it's minus one, minus two, minus three, come game day on Thursday when you guys listen to this. Um, take them wherever. I'm actually going to do two and a half units. Um, I did, did a couple halves to make to even out this week to be t- 20 total units out. Um, but I just – the Jets are horrendous. They're awful. 
I mean, we already talked about earlier, they're the worst team in the NFL. They've gotten embarrassed two weeks in a row. Um, the Broncos, on the other hand, are still, even without so many key pieces, I know the Jets are missing a lot, but with the Broncos missing as many pieces as possible, including their quarterback, are still finding a way to being somewhat competitive in games. Yeah, it's hilarious. Um, Dan Orlovsky, who is the quarterback of the 0-16 Lions, went on Twitter and said that his 0-16 Lions would beat these Jets 16 times. Dude, like, okay, whatever, if we're wrong. It's kind of like the uh, Monday night game. Like, if you watch football, you'd pick the Ravens because you know that at this point in the season, they were a better team than the Chiefs before Monday night. Obviously, we were proven wrong. You cannot feel comfortable or feel good about yourself picking the Jets in this game. Also, Gase has a horrible track record on Thursday night games. When he was in Miami, I don't think we won one Thursday night game. And as a matter of fact, we got our ass whooped every single week. That one year we lost to the Ravens 40 to nothing on Thursday night. Yeah. So, So. I mean, I'm just saying, like, you just can't – like, how could you even let yourself put in a ticket with the Jets on it? Like, I just – I couldn't do it. So, Broncos pick it is two for me, two and a half for Jarrett. Doing the primetime games first. Uh, Sunday night. Another kind of dog shit game, considering where both these teams are at. Eagles at the 49ers. 49ers are a seven-point favorite, and the over-under is 45. I'm going to surprise you here. I'm going Eagles plus seven. I don't hate that pick, but I would love to hear your reason why. And I'm doing two units on it. I mean, I, I hate everything about the game. I don't really have a whole lot of faith in it. But you have the Eagles who are playing like shit. You have the 49ers who's – Offense right now is depleted, led by Nick Mullins. Uh, you just have to think, whatever fight the Eagles have in them, they have to keep this game close, considering, I mean, they're on the brink of possibly being eliminated from the playoffs if they lose this game. Oh, absolutely. If they lose this game. Oh, three and one. Yeah. I mean, plus seven. Seven's a, a big number. If they, if they lose, I don't see it being by more than a score. Yeah. I mean, they. this is pretty much almost a must-win game. Um to me, what's going to be a big factor, and like this is going to sound crazy, but if George Kittle doesn't play in this game, I love that pick. If he is playing, you know, they might move to like you know higher than seven on, on Sunday. But anyway, I don't mind that pick because I didn't actually pick the spread. I picked the over-under. I have a lot of over-unders this week for you guys. So maybe you can do a little bit of a, of a, a teaser. teaser or – Maybe parlay our picks. I, Travis was pointing down to me. Yes, absolutely. I did the under of 45. Two units on that one. Um, despite all of the Eagles' flaws this year, their defense has actually played pretty well. Um, they are ranked fifth in the league in yards allowed per game. And the Niners are ranked third in the league in yards allowed per game. So, to me, that spells snooze fest. Um, I sometimes have trouble paying attention to Sunday night games because I've been watching football all day. I haven't been on social media. This is one I know I'm probably going to watch like six plays of just because I'll be on my phone most of the time. And what helps for me is that the Eagles just let up 23 points in including a 10 minutes of overtime to Joe Burrow in their powerful, like not powerful offense because their line sucks, but the weapons they have. They were able to cover their weapons, not let Joe Burrow do much. Imagine Nick Mullins and the little weapons that he has on the 49ers. Yeah, in that in that game with Joe Burrow, that was forty six points, which was barely would have hit this over. That's all I'm saying. So I'm going under all the way to you. And that was ten minutes of over, in overtime, which nobody scored in. So yeah. don't mind both those picks. I knew as soon as you picked over under, you were going under. Uh, Monday night game, another game, not necessarily another game that would be a snooze fest, but 
Another one was kind of tough to pick given the line. Falcons at Packers. Packers are seven and a half point favorites at home, and the over-under is 58. I'm rolling Packers minus seven and a half here at two units. Buy a point. Are you going to buy a point on that one? That's what I said. My first line, I think the seven and a half is fine, but I would buy the half point to make it seven. I wouldn't be surprised, though, if this line moves to eight or eight, maybe eight and a half. So, so lock it in. It um, the Falcons, though, they let up 38 points to the Seahawks, 40 points to the Cowboys, and a 30-point comeback to the Bears. You've got to think the Packers are going to put up close to 40 with, with uh, how the Falcons' defense has been going. Not taking the over, I would lean it, but 58 is like a college line to me. Jared's taking the over. It's close. I just think 58 points is a lot. I think Packers win by a couple scores here. They also, you got to remember, in Lambeau, Monday night, October. Starting to get cold. Yep. They're not going to be in a cozy dome anymore. No, I – this is my – this is the game I have in all my slate where I have the least amount of units on. I have one unit on the over, so not a ton to win it, but I but I like it. I was gonna lean the Packers minus seven and a half, and if I did pick that, I was gonna buy the half point. So I like I like that you said that. Um, so instead of buying the half point, I'm gonna lean the over for the value. Atlanta is the worst scoring defense in the NFL. They're allowing 36 points per game, 36 points per game through three weeks. While Green Bay, on the other end of the coin, isn't that great themselves. They have the 21st ranked scoring defense in the NFL. 28.3 points per game. So I expect points at a premium here. Matt Ryan knows he can't go 0-4 Green Bay, and Aaron Rodgers is probably fighting for that MVP. So I expect a fun Monday night game, actually. Yeah. I mean, if the Packers lose in Lambeau, though, that's a huge dagger to a Falcons team who's looking terrible. Yeah, it so, is. Regardless, uh, we're rolling into our upset and our lock of the week next before our five additional picks. Upset of the week. You ready for mine? Yeah. Eagles plus 250 at Niners. Oh, one, one unit. Done this plus, you, you did this week two. You did this I did week it week two. two. I did it week two. Yeah, I get it. But they were playing the Rams. The Niners are so banged up. Like I said, I just don't trust in Nick Mullins. The Eagles, they've got to win a game. They literally cannot lose. I don't, I don't, I don't blame you if you fade me here and you don't like this pick, but. With the slate this week, there are very, very few upsets that I think are going to happen. Eagles have to have a good performance. And when you look at it, the 49ers have gotten very lucky with the injuries they have. They played the Jets and the Giants. And, like, those teams so, are also – Okay, I, I get what you're saying, but let me ask you this. Since you did pick Eagles spread, you did two units on that. You're only doing, doing a unit on the money line, right? Yes. Okay. So that way, if they lose and still cover, you still win a little bit of money. Yeah, and if they win, your beers are on you for the night. Yeah. No, I, I don't. I don't hate that strategy at all. I've I've thought about doing that a couple weeks now, and I'm probably going to start looking at that more. Um, but I just didn't lean that way. I leaned a way that you're not going to like, but I like it. I'm going to do Bills at the Raiders. I'm going to take the Raiders money line at plus 135. It's in Vegas. I don't think – dude, there's no way Buffalo is a 4-0 team. They're not a 4-0 football team. We saw what Las Vegas was able to do against New Orleans, who I thought was a good team. Now, granted, Buffalo has a much better defense than than the Saints, but 
I feel like the Saints have a better offense. And the Raiders, for pretty much most of the night in that game, were able to hold them at bay in week two. Um, like I said, I just refuse to believe that Buffalo is a 4-0 team. They almost blew a 28-3 lead last week against the Rams. They, let the, they were losing to the Dolphins in the fourth quarter in week two. And I think they played the Jets week one. I think they're frauds, man. I think they lose this game. Going, going all the way across country is never easy. Plus 135, one and a half units on the Raiders. I have that game a little bit later. It might go a different way. Uh, um, my lock of the week. We're rolling three weeks in a row here, baby. Cardinals at Panthers. It's a noon game on Sunday. Cardinals are only minus three and a half. I'm rolling four units on the Cardinals with the Red Sea. I mean, dude, the Panthers shut down Herbert last week in the second start. Big deal. Whatever. They beat the Chargers. Congratulations. The Cardinals lost to the Lions on a fluke game where Kyler Murray threw three picks. That's not going to happen against this Panthers defense. I can promise you that. They're looking for a revenge game. They know they shouldn't have lost last week. Panthers defense has been really, really, really bad. Uh, Cardinals minus three and a half. I mean, that's, for me, that's not that even in question that they cover that. All right. I have that much confidence in the Cardinals where I'm rolling with them for my lock three weeks in a row. Yeah, I know. We'll see how that goes. Um, We'll talk about that. I have that game a little bit later. And if you're, if you're putting four units on, it might not be bad idea to buy it down to three. I'm not going to include that in mind, but I'm, I'm going to keep it at three and a half, but I'm just saying if they do end up winning by three, they'll cover yourself. Okay. Um, We'll see. I'll talk, I'll talk about that one later. My lock of the week like I said, I got a lot of over-unders for you this week. My lock of the week is an over. I want – hey, that shout-out Dave Portnoy and Big Cat. I want one of those overs club jackets. Have you seen those things? Yeah, but you have to freaking bet on them in Pennsylvania. I know. It sucks. But anyway, my, <laughs> my lock of the week is New Orleans at Detroit at noon on Sunday. The over of 54 is what I'm going here. I'm doing three units to win 2.73, obviously. Both of these offenses can score at will. And their defenses can't stop a peewee team right now. Plus the over, this over would have hit in four of the six of these teams' games this year. I'll take those odds in day of the week. And I think Breeze is going to be out for blood. He's starting one and two. No, one he can't. Two. Yeah. No, he can't move to th- one and three. And also Matt Stafford's like, you know what? I got a little, a little bit of swagger back on my dick. You know, I just beat the, hey, beat the Cardinals on the road. Three QB to start. Exactly. So I think this game is going to have a lot of points. It's going to be a fun one to watch. I know it's probably going to be on my TV for a little bit next to the Dolphins game on Sunday, over 54 in New Orleans, Detroit for me, three units. Surprisingly didn't have that one on mine, but I don't mind it. Uh, just like usual, we're rolling into our five uh, additional picks. I have only three, three college picks this week instead of my usual four. Not going to be rolling with me on college because I believe I am like seven and two on my college or six and two on my college picks over the last two weeks. Uh, my first one is Saturday at 2.30. It was hard for me to pick them, uh, but this one was one of my favorites. Saturday, 2.30, Texas Tech at K-State. Not rolling with the spread. The over-under is 65, and I am Love taking it. it over. Love it. Over of 65. Texas Tech, obviously, if you didn't see that game with Texas last week, can score like crazy. And Texas is a ranked team with a pretty solid defense. Um, but on the other side of things, Texas Tech can't stop a leaky faucet. They're averaging and allowing over 500 yards per game on offense and defense this year. This over has 
would have hit in all four of each team's games combined. It was at 63 and a half this morning and it's already moved to 65. So get it as soon as you can, but take the over regardless. Yeah. I'm going to lock that one in after we get the podcast. And I like that pick a lot. Um, My first college game is another big 12 game. It's at 11 a.m. on Saturday on Fox TCU at at number nine, Texas. So the team that Texas Tech played last week, and I'm taking the over in this game of 63 and a half. Um, Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Three units on this one. I'm very confident in it. Big 12 overs are always something really good to bet on. Texas showed in Saturday that they can score at will. I mean, this is a very – Sam Ellinger, as much as I hate to admit it, the dude can ball out. He can sling the football around the field. And TCU, I mean, they're not no scrub either. Um, they hung around there with Iowa State. Um, they're, you know, I think that they, they scored in the 30s against Iowa State. So if they can put up 20 to 30 points against Texas, I have no doubt in my mind Texas is going to put up 40 to 50 easily hit that over 63 and a half. Um, and I'm probably going to ride Texas overs every single game until it doesn't hit this year. Yeah. Uh, don't mind that. One of my honorable mentions that I couldn't squeeze in. I do like Texas at minus 13. Yeah. In that game, just because you said they can score at will. Another one of my games is Saturday at 6:30. It is number three, Oklahoma at Iowa state. Oklahoma's seven-point favorites, and that's where I'm taking two units. Iowa State had a tough time with TCU last week, um, and OU. And, right. and and Iowa State lost to Louisiana Lafayette week one. Yeah. And Oklahoma, after dominating the first half last week, came out flat, thought they had the game won, played not to lose, pulled a total Atlanta Falcons, and eventually blew the game. You know they got their ass ringed in the locker room after that game. Uh, Is Lincoln Riley still their head coach? Yes. Yeah, he's probably not happy. And uh, Oklahoma's going to come out with some fire under their ass. TCU lost, uh, almost beat Iowa State last week. And uh, they're just going to, I feel like they're going to shut Bryce Petty down. Not Bryce, yeah, I think that's his name. Brock, fuck. I have no idea. No, Bryce Petty's the old Baylor quarterback, Brock Purdy. Rock Pert, dude, that is so yeah, man. I knew I was like, that's not right. Yeah, Bryce uh, Petty is Purdy, since Bryce since, Petty. since Bryce Petty has been in and out of the NFL. I think since since he's been in college, dude, that that threw me for a loop. I knew as soon as it came out, I was like, that's not right. <laughs> Rock Purdy, Bryce Petty, Big Twelve quarterbacks. Woo. Okay. Regardless, Oklahoma minus seven. Fuck whatever I just said. Take yeah. it. 
There's no way. I mean, this is a total revenge game for them. They're not going to lose it. Um, honestly, if you can buy points, I might. I might buy them at minus fourteen because that probably is dumb, dumb money. The only thing, the only thing that Iowa State has going is their running back Brees Hall, who is a monster. Remember that name. Uh, outside of that, they have nothing going for them. Yeah. My second. I only have two college games this week. I told Travis I might stay away from the entire college side after I buffooned it last weekend, but I didn't like enough. NFL stuff to do an additional five. It's number 25 Memphis at SMU at 230 on ESPN2. Fuck this spread. Fuck this over over under. I'm taking the dogs money line. Give me SMU at plus 115. Two units to win 2.3. I think SMU can win this conference this year. I think Memphis is highly overrated. Uh, and I mean, not, not only that, Memphis has only played one game and SMU is 3 0. Yeah. Um, I mean, Memphis play their opener against Arkansas State. They were okay. They won thirty-four to twenty-one, which is all right. SMU has been rolling, dudes. They, I think, they beat Stephen F. Austin last week. They covered their thirty-four and a half. Yeah, they covered their thirty-four and a half point spread. It's at SMU in Dallas, big time game for the conference. So I like the Mustangs to win this game. Plus one fifteen, straight up, no spread, money line. Yeah, hopefully that doesn't get canceled. A lot of smaller conference games have been getting canceled in Texas lately. If it does, so. I have if it does, I have two backups that I can throw in there for you guys later on this week. But all right, cool. My last college football game Saturday, another one at six thirty. This will be a game you honestly will need to watch. Number four, Auburn at number seven, Georgia. Georgia's seven point favorites, which surprised me in its own, but I'm not taking that. Taking the over under at forty five over. 45. So, be, so time out, guys. Be careful because last week I did this in two SEC games when I thought there'd be some scoring and there wasn't. So be careful. I get that. But at the same time, you're looking at these two offenses who were able to score. Georgia put up 37. Auburn put up 29. I feel like you're going to need points in this game to win. Bo Nix looked pretty good in his first game against uh, Kentucky last week, which Kentucky's defense is no joke. I just think 45 is way too low. Like, obviously, I don't think it's going to be a crazy big shootout, but 45, I mean, that's a that's a 24-21 game. I mean, this is always College. a college. Yeah, this is always a big game, too, so I don't hate that. Um, I think week one, a lot of these SEC teams had to iron out the kinks. That's probably my dumb fault for leaning the over, but I thought the, the offenses would, would take advantage of that, and they clearly didn't. Don't hate that pick. Um, is a big game, has huge SEC implications. Obviously, anytime you have a top 10 SC matchup, it's always big. So that'll be a big time one. Um, so that does it for my college picks. Travis has given three of his additional picks. Um, the rest of mine are NFL. I'll just roll in my first one real quick. It's one that opposes Travis. So you pick which, which brother you want to tail here, which one you want to fade. Um, I got the Cardinals at Carolina, Arizona Cardinals at the Panthers. Um, when I saw it, Travis was at plus four, but if it's at plus three and a half, I'll take your word for it. But in my opinion, buy it to plus four if you're going to be following me for Carolina. And if you do both, you could honestly win them both by a very slim margin. Um, I just think that Carolina had is coming off a big win um, against the Chargers. Uh, Arizona having to travel over to – I think this, isn't the, this might be their first road game of the year, I think. Um, regardless, I'm taking Carolina. It's at three and a half. Buy it to four for plus four. Two units on that game. Um, I'm not saying they're going to win, but I see it being very close. That's a horrible pick. They beat 49ers 
in San Francisco with everyone healthy at the beginning of the year. You tell me they can't go on the road in Carolina and win. You're crazy. Cardinals are my lock. If you tell me there, you're stupid. Sorry, Jarrett. Had to do that to you. But I that's fine. I'm not, I mean, I'm not going to win every game. I mean, that, that was just one. I think that's a. Likes. I think that's just too small. If it was seven, I might give it to you. But three and a half, four. Uh, I know it's only a few. I points. saw it at four. If it's at three and a half, buy it to four. I'm. I'm. I'm saying, do not take it at three and a half. Buy it to four. That. That's. That's. That's my advice. I just. I mean, maybe with McCaffrey, I can see it, but. I think Mike Davis is a fluke, even though he scored some points last weekend. Okay, enough of that game. <laughs> we talked about it twice. My game, uh, I have two NFL games. It's a noon game on Sunday. It is the Colts at the Bears. Colts are three-point favorites, and I am taking the Colts all day long. Uh, give it to me. I mean, I don't know what else there is to say about this. Me and Jarrett both had the Bears as being one of the flukes uh, of the 3-0 and team, and I had the Colts in my top five. Phil Rivers is finally clicking with this offense. Michael Pittman is hurt, but I think I only think that's going to be better for this offense because I think it's going to let T.Y. Hilton into the game a little bit more, allow him to catch some more passes. Um, Colts minus two and a half, minus three, whatever you can get it at. I don't think uh, it should be a problem for the Colts. Yeah. I almost included this on my slate, but then I remembered that fucking, that, that guy that walks around with, with three legs came, came into the game um, with that visor on his helmet. It just scares me. I, I, I will probably tell you on that one. I will definitely follow your pick. I just didn't put it on my slate because of who, uh, if big Nick, if big Dick Nick is going to play, who knows what's going to happen. I don't know. He's the starter moving forward, but. Still, I don't care. Colts are red hot right now. Defense is feeling it. I don't yeah, care. I hear you. Um, my next um, NFL game, like I said, I got three additional ones for you. Um, I got the Seattle, the Seahawks at, at the Dolphins. The noon on Seattle. Sunday. What? <laughs> the Seattle. Yeah, the Seattle. Um, I had a few glasses of wine. I'm drinking a pretty thick pumpkin beer, so I'm kind of feeling it for a Tuesday night. Anyway. I'm not doing the spread because this is a game where if honestly stay away from the spread because if I can see Seattle winning big, I can see Miami keeping it close. I'm going to do the over a 54 and a half in this one, two units on it. Um, despite all the dolphins jokes that we all hear in the media, their offense is doing pretty fucking good this year. They scored 31 points last week against Jacksonville, 28 against Buffalo grant guys, 28 against Buffalo. Let me say that again. Um, in the last two weeks, Fitzpatrick seems to have found his rhythm. Um, and what better way to keep that up against the worst team defensively in the NFL, allowing almost 500 yards per game. And on the other side of the coin, Seattle has one of the best offenses in the league. I think if Byron Jones doesn't play for Miami, Russell Wilson is going to torch them. I see points being put up at a premium here. Um, both teams probably might be scoring in the 30s, so that's why I'm taking the over 54 and a half. Yeah, I almost wanted to take uh, the Dolphins at plus six and a half, but I just feel like, Russell Wilson is going to kind of take over this game. I really, late. He will I late. really do. Yeah. It'll, it'll, it'll be, close. be close for a little bit, but then they're like the, the true talent is going to come out and Russell Wilson is going to be like, all right, I can't lose against the dolphins. Yeah. Um, my fifth game and last final game is one that goes against Jarrett's upset of the week. I'm taking the bills 
Uh, I saw him at both two and a half and three. Regardless, I'll take him at minus three against the Raiders. Like I said earlier, the Raiders can't stop the run. Josh Allen, just out of the pocket. Like, if, regardless if you have Devin Singletary running the ball or not, Josh Allen's going to pull some crazy stuff off. I think he gets 60, 70 yards on the ground in this game. They take over. Uh, the Raiders' offense has to come to a standstill at some point. I, I do like Derek Carr and the mascara-wearing man himself, but the Bills are going to come come and stop him, just like they did in the first half against the Rams. The Raiders do not have near as high-powered offense as the Rams do or weapons. I'm sorry. Outside of Josh Jacobs, you have nobody on that offense that can do anything. So you got to get you got to get what's his fuck going. You got to get rugs going. Yeah, but I don't think they do that. I think they they make adjustments too late. Bills are already me too far ahead, just like they were in the Rams game, and they're not going to be able to overcome that. So I'm going Bills minus three for two units in my last pick. All right, got a couple of opposing picks this week. Got a couple of picks that we like of each other. Might have to watch it in separate foot houses this Sunday, but we'll see. The only thing, the only difference is you picked against my lock, and I picked against your upset of the week. Which True. our upsets of the week are one and four. No, I'm sorry, one and five. Yeah, well, let's not talk about it. They, I, I'm, the only one that hit for me was the Giants week one. No, yeah, that's the only one that's hit at all. No, the Giants lost. I can't even remember who it was. It was I the Bears week one. Bears is what it was. But let's not talk about it. It was hot last year. It's got to pick it up at some point. Um, my last pick is a little bit special. Um, it's a little it's a little unique. It's a uh, – we're going to call it um, a New York team under parlay. And I checked on most books. You, you can parlay the team unders, which is nice. Um, cause I wanted to make sure that a lot of the big ones, Bavada, my bookie, FanDuel, whatever that you could, you know, parlay them, the giants team under of 17 and a half and the jets team under of 19 and a half parlay these two, because by themselves are not the great values, like minus 160, minus 140. You parlay them together, turns a plus 240, which is one unit to win 2.4 units for me. I mean, both these teams are atrocious. Um, I mean, the jets, face a tough test in Denver. Denver has a good defense. There's no way the Jets score 20 points against that. And I think you have the LA Rams that the Giants are playing. They have to travel to LA. A team that's going to be out for blood after losing that comeback game. I don't see the Giants scoring, you know, 18 plus points in that game. So the the New York team under parlay for me, Jets and Giants. Yeah, that's a uh, that's a big reach that I mean, not a reach and it's own where I can see them both hitting, but at the same time, it's like, I mean, plus 240 odds, it's a good risk, but at the same time, it's a big risk. Yeah, that's why I only did one unit on it. I just I, – I wanted to do the Jets by themselves because I'm that might be something I do by itself all fucking year long because, I mean, the Jets are just horrendous. But it was like minus – I think the Jets were like minus 140. The Giants under was only minus 110, I think 105. You combine them together, it becomes plus 240. So that's my last pick, a special one. Just thought I'd throw that out there because I thought it was kind of cool. Yeah, that is different, a lot different. We got week four football where I said earlier can, is going to go one of two ways. It's going to expose a lot of people uh, or show people who the real teams are. So we'll see. Yeah, 
So that's going to be it for episode 92 for you guys. Obviously we got MLB playoffs going on. I'm not, I'm done betting on baseball because it's, it's, it's fraudulent. Um, and then Lakers real quick, Travis Lakers heat finals. What's your prediction for the finals it starts Wednesday night. Dude, I don't know. It's tough to bet against the heat right now, but at the same time, the Lakers, you know, they're going to do what they're going to do. I think in the end, it's going to come down to those, those, those key guys. Anthony Davis and LeBron James going to do what they do best. I will go Lakers in six. That was my prediction too. Lakers in six would not be surprised if we go seven. Um, I think it's going to be a fun series regardless. That starts Wednesday night. Um, So yeah, guys um, have a great weekend and let us know if you're tailing us or fading us, but you know, until this past weekend, we've been, we've been in the green every single weekend. So other than that, you guys take it easy and uh, stay cool. See ya. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.